0: Listen, those are the drums of liberty. Fossil fuels are our future. Fossil fuels contribute to human flourishing all over the globe. Sound controversial? Stay tuned for the Liberty Minute for surprising answers. Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to another Liberty Minute. Let's get right into this. Last week, we covered Alex Epstein's book, Fossil Future why global human flourishing requires more oil and more coal and more gas, not less. And in last week's podcast, I shared the tragic story from Epstein about a baby in Gambia, Africa, who happened to die. Now, Judy, the official program observer, noted that I did not make the connection clear between the C-section where the baby died and the moral case for fossil fuels in our last Mojo Minute. So let me go back and clarify much better Epstein's case for more fossil fuels, not less. And first, let me read the story again from Epstein's book. To set the stage. Go on to the book. June 2006. Gambia, Africa. At 4 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. I was startled when the lights came on. The lights never came on. After 2 p.m. on the weekends. The adrenaline really kicked in. When I was invited to observe. An emergency cesarean section. For the first time. A first for me. When the infant emerged, I felt my heart racing from excitement and awe, but no matter how many times the technician suctioned out the nose and mouth, the infant did not utter a sound. After 25 minutes, the technician and nurse both gave up. The surgeon later explained that the baby had suffocated in utero. If only they had enough power to use the ultrasound machine for each pregnancy he would have detected the problem earlier and been able to plan the C-section. Without early detection, the C-section became an emergency. Moreover, the 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 surgery had to wait for the generator to be powered on. The loss of precious minutes meant the loss of a precious life. And at the time, in that place, all I could do was cry. And later, when the maternity ward too was hushed, I cried again. A full-term infant was born weighing only 3.5 pounds. In the U.S., the solution would have been obvious and effective incubation. But without reliable electricity, the hospital did not have, did not even contemplate owning an incubator. This seemingly simple solution was not available to this newborn girl and she perished needlessly. Reliable electricity is at the forefront of every staff member's thoughts. With it, they can conduct tests with electrically powered medical equipment. They can use vaccines and antibiotics, which require refrigeration, and they can plan surgeries to meet patients' needs. Without it, they will continue to give their patients the best care available but in a country with an average life expectancy of only 54 years of age, it is a hard fight to win, end of quote. And again, that is such a tragic and heartbreaking story, truly terrible. And so the connection I wanted to make is the same connection that Epstein makes. In fact, let me get out of the way and just quote Epstein himself, going back to the book, quote, the tragedy of babies dying for the lack of energy needed to power ultrasound machines and incubators occurs every day in many parts of the world without affordable, reliable energy. Thankfully, it is a tragedy that happens far less frequently than it used to because billions with a B, billions of people in developing countries like China and India have used fossil fuels to provide affordable reliable energy. If we join the movement to rapidly eliminate fossil fuels, and it turns out that intermittent solar and wind cannot replace fossil fuels, both for the billions who have affordable, reliable energy and the billions who need it, we will absolutely have blood on our hands. When the stakes are this high, it is not enough to just go by what we're told The experts say we need to think critically, ask questions, and consider dissenting arguments. I hope you will give me this opportunity to explain how I, someone who began as a philosopher with no connection to the fossil fuel industry, came to question and ultimately totally disagree with the supposedly expert moral case for eliminating fossil fuels, end of quote. So hopefully that makes the connection in summary with more fossil fuels that provide the world with affordable and reliable energy to give them the electricity, which gives them the incubators and refrigerators and cheap, affordable gas, which allows them to transport antibiotics around the world. All these things we in the modern West take for granted because we have lived in a world for the last 75 years that has grown accustomed to all these things being modern conveniences but it requires fossil fuels to do it if we need light we just turn on the light switch until recently most of us me included never stopped to think about everything that goes into having electricity right there at a the flip of a light switch. Fossil fuels gives us that convenience and a thousand other conveniences. And now we know it is more than a convenience to just have light with more fossil fuels that the rest of the world needs is precisely the reason while there is a moral case to continue to make more fossil fuels. We cannot rapidly eliminate fossil fuels because renewables cannot replace the affordability and reliability that oil and coal and natural gas provide. It's just that simple. Last time we talked about the experts and Epstein makes the case or Epstein mentions them in the last quote. So let me grab a quote to summarize this section in Epstein's great analysis on the so-called experts. And again, this quote comes to us at the end, near the end of the chapter on experts. Epstein writes by being aware of the dangerous possibility that a knowledge systems evaluations are not considering the full context and asking of any given evaluation. Is this evaluation truly considering the full context? We can protect ourselves against some of the worst policies advocated in the name of the quote experts. End of quote. And this way of thinking about experts and the system that tells us what to think is very similar to Thomas Sowell's landmark book, Knowledge and Decisions, which I which I think came out in 1980 and then was re-released again with. So adding some commentary, I think in 2012 or 2013, I'll check on that. But off the top of my mind, we're going to cover that book, knowledge and decisions by Thomas soul in detail, because it's frankly one of souls best books and he's a great thinker truly on the human flourishing side, truly profound. But the major thesis of soul's book is how knowledge is transmitted And what to look for so you can make the best decisions. Well, because both Sol and Epstein make a wonderful case of how to analyze and think critically about this business of the experts and how they deceive us. We're going to certainly cover all of this expert stuff in a later Mojo Minute. But for now, I want to share the three most important facts about this fossil fuel debate And these facts are this going back to the book. Number one, fossil fuels are a uniquely cost-effective source of energy. Number two, cost-effective energy is essential to human flourishing. And number three, billions of people are suffering and dying for a lack of cost-effective energy. Epstein continues, fossil fuels today are widely portrayed as one source of energy among many, one that is easily replaceable by alternatives, especially renewable, solar and wind. But this portrayal completely contradicts reality. In reality, alternatives such as solar and wind have been fiercely trying to compete with fossil fuels for over 50 years, and yet fossil fuels still provide 80% of the world's energy. Four times as much as every alternative combined and growing fast. Why are fossil fuels so dominant and growing fast? Because they are a uniquely cost effective source of energy, meaning they can provide the most valuable, quote, effective type of energy for the lowest cost for the most people. The cost effectiveness of energy has four dimensions. Number one, affordability. How much does it cost relative to how much, peop, how much money people have? Reliability. To what extent can it be produced, quote, on demand when needed in as large a quantity as needed? Number three, versatility. How wide a variety of machines can it empower? And number four, scalability. How many people can it produce energy for and in how many places? Three or four critical dimensions that we always have to consider. Fossil fuels alone provide what I call, quote, ultra cost-effective energy. Energy that nails all four criteria of cost-effectiveness. Fossil fuel energy is low cost on demand, incredibly versatile, and on a scale of billions of people in thousands of places. No other source of energy comes close. Let me repeat that. No other source of energy comes close. Not solar, not wind, not anything else. Sorry, but those are the facts. And as a side note, Epstein addresses China and India. You know, China and India are the world's most air polluting nations, which seems to escape our national leadership on this issue every time they speak about it. Most especially when the United States pulled out of the Paris Agreement, which was a terrible environmental agreement to be in to begin with. The absolute hysteria surrounding that move was something out of the movies. Wow. Did the radical green socialists just have a cow on that one? In fact, I think every G20 country failed to meet any of the Paris Agreement benchmarks right in the first year. Let's go back to the book. Quote, the fact that cost-effective energy is essential to human flourishing should be stressed by our knowledge system whenever we talk about energy policy, particularly whenever we're talking about eliminating uniquely cost-effective fossil fuel energy. But the massive benefits of cost-effective energy in general, and ultra-cost-effective fossil fuel energy in particular, are almost never discussed, while the negative side effects are always discussed. For example, take the discussion of fossil fuel use in China and India. China and India have been responsible for a great deal of the world's increasing fossil fuel use over the past several decades. In both countries, both coal and oil use increased by at least a factor of five, producing the vast majority of their energy. While accounts of of these countries' fossil fuel use tend to focus on the negative side effects, such as air pollution, there have been massive life extending and life enhancing benefits. Consider the following graph showing energy use in China and India correlating with major increases in life expectancy and income. The strong correlations we see between energy use and both life expectancy and income are not coincidental. The dramatic increase in the use of machine labor, such as in factories, made possible a dramatic increase in the productivity or productive ability of individuals in China and India, which made possible a dramatic increase in their standard of of living, end of quote. So there is so much great thinking in Epstein's second book, Fossil Future. We can't cover, I mean, my Kindle book is highlighted left and right. I got notes coming out the wazoo another great chapter chapter nine, a rising CO2 levels in their full context. That's a fascinating chapter. The final chapter on reframing the fossil fuel conversation and arguing to hundred. That's a great, uh, critical thinking strategy. I would just highly, highly recommend you read both of Alec Epstein's books. They are that good. Be sure to check out Alex's website for an extensive list of the free shareable materials to make the moral case for fossil fuels, especially by using the human flourishing framework. Plus, he has tons of stuff over there about changing the education taught all around fossil fuels. It's just brilliant. So in today's Liberty Minute, let us remember these important points about fossil fuels. Let's go back to the book for one last quote. Fossil fuels are 80% of the world's energy and are still growing fast, especially in China and the rest of the developing world. Fossil fuels produce not just electricity, but also mobile energy and industrial heat energy, which are far harder to replace than electricity. Even for electricity, unreliable parasitical solar and wind cannot replace fossil fuels and other reliable power plants, but rather add numerous new costs to it. Nuclear, the only source of energy besides fossil fuels that is naturally stored, naturally concentrated, and naturally abundant is still generations away from global cost effectiveness, thanks in a large part to the criminalization of by the anti impact movement as the above points are understood the mainstream knowledge system is further as the above points are understood the mainstream knowledge system is further discredited as biased and if its opposition to all forms of cost effective energy is stressed anti energy end of quote and that is what the opponents of fossil fuels are They're anti-energy. In fact, they're anti-human and they're anti-flourishing. We want to improve the energy in our world by using fossil fuels. We want to be supremely human and for life. And we want to live and contribute to a total human flourishing world.